Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly, brought to you by Pocket Now and Next Day Developers. I'm doing a bit of a different intro for this one because we heard you. Uh, we know that a lot of you out there are wanting to have the full podcast here on YouTube, and that's exactly what we're going to start doing again. We wanted to try something a little bit different because honestly, we want to get the podcast in front of more people. We want to get it in front of your eyes here on YouTube. We want to get it into more ears using podcast applications. We want more people to be listening or watching the podcast. So it's with that in mind uh, that on top of the question of the week that I do pose later in the show, I do want to ask all of you, what kind of things do you want to see out of the podcast? And for all of you out there who wanted to have the podcast back on the YouTube platform, the full podcast, uh, why don't you guys go ahead and share the podcast with everybody that you possibly can. That way we can get more people to this podcast and we can continue making it every single week. And for anybody new that is watching this for the first time, welcome to the Pocket Now channel and make sure you subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. Drop some likes on all of the videos and don't forget to get into the comment sections especially to answer the question of the week so you might be featured on next week's full episode found here and also on podcasting apps. This week, I am joined by Jaime Rivera as we talk about a few different topics at the beginning of the show and then get into some of your comments. And then the last half of the show is all about the Samsung Galaxy Note 10. Well, it's uh, the, the the podcast is not without its little quirks every single week. Again, it's a two-person podcast. Last week we had TK on, but now it's going to be me and, of course, Pagano Daily aficionado himself, Jaime Rivera. Mr. Perfect Internet. Yes. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm also back to like a, a full-on mic right here because I'm trying to do this is like the this is like the Markiplier setup right here. Any YouTube people out there who watch Markiplier? So I can so get real close like right this. So there, actually, but I decided to try my G-Track, my G-Track Pro, which is literally my favorite microphone. It's mm-hmm. hilarious, but the TSA broke into my bag and forgot to put my lock back just because they wanted to figure out what this was. Oh. Uh, well, nothing bad happened, right? Even if they didn't put the lock back? Uh, thank God, no. It's like everything's here, I think. Like all my socks were accounted for. All my underwear was sadly accounted for. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> well, the G Track—that's a Logitech, right? So that's like a, no, that's, this, that's is, a, this is a Samsung. Samsung is a oh, more Samsung. music, more music company. Well, that messes up my segue, but because uh, I thought it was a Logitech one, so I was going to be like, "Oh, that's a gaming mic. Let's talk gaming." But that's that's our first story for today is a little bit of gaming news. Um, I think a lot of people are still reeling from the announcement from Nintendo, not of the Nintendo Switch Pro, but of the Switch Lite. Bit of a swerve from Nintendo there. There is Jaime's Switch. Mine is not here. It's at home in its dock. <laughs> um, all right. So we are probably – actually, it's kind of fitting because since it's the two of us on the podcast, we are the Switch players. I don't think Brandon really does Switch a whole lot. I don't think Brandon has a life, no. Yeah. <laughs> so you have always been um, a fan of the Switch, enjoying it, bringing it on trips. I have actually gotten away from bringing it on trips, but I personally think the Switch Lite might make me bring it on trips. Well, is it... So is it just me? Did you notice that it's smaller than the Switch? Mm-hmm. It's a 5.5-inch screen, I think. Because that is one reason why I would buy it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The quite, but the biggest question... I, I guess I have a lot of, like... Uh, I have a lot of questions that Nintendo hasn't really answered. Like... If I already bought games for it, and these are all digital games, will I be able to port them to my other console and play them in my separate Switches is question one. 
That is a really good question. I was thinking that the entire time that that video was showing, and it, you know what? It looks a lot of fun to play because the、mm-hmm. hardware is probably really good. And you're right; it's small, it's easy to use, it's something you could just pop in and out of a bag. I completely agree with that. But yeah,、um, we're all digital gamers.、Um, I don't know. And I think、um, quick shout out to David Immel. We'll have him on pretty soon. But、uh, he and I were talking about it for a while, and he was like,、mm-hmm. "So there's no kickstand? Does that mean there's no expandable storage?" That is a good question. Like I don't know. Like there are a lot of questions over. Like I did a full version of the Pocket Now Daily. I actually had to read that segment because there was so much information on this product, and yet so many questions left over. Like I had to clarify to people: this is what you need to understand about the Nintendo Switch Lite. Number one: why is Nintendo calling it a Switch? I understand that it plays Switch games. But it doesn't have the functionality of the Switch. You can't dock it to your TV. You can't replace the Joy Cons. You can add Joy Cons to it, but then that's a separate purchase. And so I've been debating the whole concept of actually wanting to use this product. If I already like, why would I ever buy that if it's only a hundred dollars cheaper than the Switch? Yeah, exactly, and I, I think,、uh, I think I'm right there with you. And I, I, I tweeted out about this, and a few people agreed with me that. The price at one ninety nine only really makes sense on Black Friday, when it goes down to like one seventy nine, one forty nine. But the other thing that they're going to do, and Nintendo inevitably does this, is、uh, the Switch Lite will probably go on sale in a bundle of it and another game, and that makes it make sense. That's what I think. Yeah, but th- th- this this is the thing. Like, think about. I remember when I unboxed the original Switch the first time. I was like, man, you get a lot of stuff for two ninety nine. Like,、yeah. you get the dock. You get that like pad to be able to snap your controllers on. You get the snap-ons for your Joy Cons to go separate. You get the USB C. Like you get a lot of like you even get an HDMI cable. I don't think you get that with a PlayStation. Yeah, I don't remember actually. It's been so long with the PS4. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but so that's the thing. Like you get a lot of stuff, and so if you think about if you were to separate the price, like think about it. The dock alone is a hundred dollars. The Joy Cons alone are seventy bucks. Just any other accessory is thirty, forty dollars. Like, how much are you really paying for the Switch alone? Yeah, that's true.、Um, I wonder. It's probably going to have a USB-C cord. That's it. <laughs> so yeah. So this is the thing. I feel that the Switch Lite is too expensive for what you're getting.、Mm-hmm. This is me. I think that it's too expensive. For a portable console, like if Nintendo would have priced this at one forty nine, oh my god, that would have been that would have been like a sleeper hit because I would have had no problem.、Oh, yeah. I would have had no problem in like buying that for each of my kids and being like, "This is all you get. You don't get to dock that thing." And you know what? I like. I noticed that my usage of the Switch is very different to my ten year old son. I only play the Switch docked. For me, I love the comfort of the Pro Controller. Like the Pro、yeah. Controller is everything for me, and like the experience of playing Odyssey, for example, I love this whole idea of using the control for motion gestures and stuff like that. Where like this Switch, the Switch Lite doesn't bring motion. It doesn't bring motion at all. Like yeah, if it, like the controls don't vibrate, there's no IR detection, and so if you want to play with with any of those kinds of games, you need to buy separate Joy Cons.、Mm. Yeah, that's true. Or just the Pro Controller.、Um, Or the Pro Controller. Yeah, yeah. And then you're putting then up is, a five point five inch screen. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, even it's smaller than your standard smartphone. Mm-hmm. 
Which kind of makes me wonder, like... That's true, that's true. 5.5, and the standard switch is 7 inches. So that thing is not really that big. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks small. it looks big. It looks big in that video, though, which means that that Japanese guy is small. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he put it. He brought it out of a breast pocket, which I was like, "Oh, okay, okay, I see you. I see you right now." <laughs> All right. So, but that's the thing. Like, I, I there's a there's a note that I was making here, and also I um, when when David Immel and I were talking about it, we were like, "Oh, there are all these things about it that we don't like. It doesn't dock." We don't know if there's expandable storage. We don't know how it's going to work with this or that. Um, it's not really a switch because of that. But that doesn't mean we're not going to buy it still. That's how much we hate ourselves is that we're still, we're still <laughs> going to buy it. <laughs> I will. I want that yellow one. But here's the thing. I think that Nintendo probably missed out on certain design elements. Like, for example, if they actually made a, 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 you know, a switch that's you know more portable, more compact... I would have loved the the joysticks to have been a different design. Do you remember the the P? What was it? The Sony Xperia Play. You remember that yeah. sort of like capacitive D pads that it had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if they that. like if they would have made that switch light to be like a flush controller, and then the these buttons over here, if they would have figured out a way to place them in a different way, and make it just a flush switch on the front and on the back that you could actually put like in your back pocket that would have been mm-hmm. awesome yeah i agree with that um and it, but the thing is again the whole size of it the uh the 5.5 inch screen and all that stuff it's so close to a smartphone and also nintendo has been diving into the mobile game space i don't know if you tried dr mario yet uh, i can't no. on android yeah no. i mean who, who knows maybe one of these days we'll get something that is literally that small can you imagine like a like a like a like a a pixel 3a with some controllers on the sides like that's like the dream i would love it i would love it like i would love i wouldn't even mind a product that's like the galaxy note Mm, fair you know with with joy cons it's just the problem is like right now my biggest problem with carrying the switch with me is i can't carry it on my on my backpack for example because the because of the sticks and the way that the that the left and the right buttons in the front are designed, you yeah. need to be carrying it in a case. If not, it's, you know, because it's a plastic screen and everything, you don't want it to get scratched. And so, like, I can't carry it on my backpack. And so this thing is bulky. It's not a small product. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it is still portable, but you're right. It's not, it's not the sleekest thing. No, um, it's not. All right, so we do have one other headline that I wanted us to cover on this show. Uh, so Apple is back in the news, and <laughs> after all of the hubbub over the iPhone 10, the iPhone 10s, all, all of the current generation phones doing away with the home button and thus doing away with Touch ID, it looks like we're going in the exact opposite direction now, <laughs> because there are some reports stating that uh, not only will Face ID go away, it's because that notch and all of the tech that was in that notch that made it special is going to go away, and now. There's is going to be an in-display fingerprint reader, which will re- make Touch ID return, apparently. So according according to the the news that we covered yesterday, this was actually Meng-Chi Kuo. It's a prediction from Meng-Chi Kuo, and he always gets stuff right. So apparently this year, all iPhones are going to have notches and Face ID. All iPhones next year, apparently there will be two models with Face ID, but it would be a smaller notch. 
and then there would be the flagship new unique device which so these are they're kind of polarizing rumors because before the rumors were that there's going to be a special iphone for china that would only have touch id in order to make it less expensive and mm. so, but now we've got Ming Shi Kuo saying that no, that this device is going to be like the no, like that launch of the iPhone 10 where we had the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus, but then we had the 10, which was like the new, more expensive flagship. So apparently, this device is going to bring an all display. It's not just an on display, it's an all display fingerprint scanner. You could place your finger anywhere and it'll unlock. That's expensive, the phone. though. That's my first reaction yeah. to that. <laughs> so apparently, this is one of the major reasons why we're getting rid of 3D Touch. Because 3D Touch is a separate module within the display that makes it makes it thicker. And so apparently to be able to accommodate for this, they're going to need to get rid of 3D Touch. So it's a couple of things that Apple is getting rid of to be able to accommodate this fingerprint scanner. Ugh. I just feel like that's that's one. Well, there might be a couple of other functions to something that is across the entire screen. But I just feel like 3D Touch would ultimately be more useful in more situations than just a fingerprint scanner. So, I mean, is that a trade-off? Is I that a good never use 3D Touch, dude, ever. I kind of liked it. <laughs> like, 3D Touch is only useful for me when I want to launch, like, the camera from here and I just press the button. That mm -hmm. is the only reason or the flashlight. These are the only reasons why I use this thing. And then other than that, like I because so my biggest problem with 3D Touch, and this is what I've always said, is that the context menus are different. Like if if Spotify has different controls than WhatsApp, then and obviously these are different apps, they have different functionality. But I feel that a lot of these shortcuts should not be left to the developer because it's so unpredictable. And then with every software update, you get new functions or things get swapped around. And so for me, I have a problem. Like every time that Spotify changes its design, I get so pissed because I'm like, crap, like, where do I find my albums now? And so that's the same mentality with 3D Touch, where mm -hmm. if I use Google Calendar, there are certain controls. But then if I use another, there are others. And then there are apps that have no 3D Touch command. So it's just like share the app, which is like, that's the stupidest thing you could ever add to the function. And, and you know, I, I don't feel that people really care about it or the peak and the pop. Or, I'm like, whatever, you know? Yeah, I agree with I that. I, I just don't I think don't, it had I don't to be even the full display. It. I don't even use it on the Magic Trackpad. Like like the push to extra, no, I just two buttons, two fingers, and that's it. I never use the press and hold, ever. Mm, fair enough. And I guess, I guess when I think about the Android side of things, it's almost as if they were, like if you go onto any application on Android right now, you just have to tap and hold. There's no 3D touch involved. You get the same context menu. Yeah, so, and depending yeah. and depending on the that's phone, true. you get, you get... Like there's literally all you need is a context menu, not a context menu for a context menu. And so it's it's yeah, one of those things true. where it's like I'm I'm not gonna miss 3D Touch. I will miss Face ID during the winter. No, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. I, <laughs> when I when I just I don't I can't be taking my finger out from my gloves in New York City when it's like really cold just to be unlocking a, my phone. What about that magical thing that, that I have to admit, it's one of those features that I actually enjoy on an iPhone is when you bring up the phone and when it recognizes your face, all of the info and in the notifications comes down. And I was True. like, that's kind of good. I kind of like that. that. That's the coolest thing about iOS, dude, uh, which the only OEM that replicates that on Android is Huawei. Only Huawei has it, but you have to dig into settings to pull it out. 
Mm, that's fair. I do think so. If there are going to be a couple of other phones that still have Face ID, I guess that's cool. Does Face ID actually require all of that tech in there? Why not just use the front-facing camera that is already there anyway? That's, that's because that's it, my question. Because if so, it's just like the Galaxy S. 10 plus with its like uh, uh, ultrasonic fingerprint scanner where it's it's like a 3d map like Apple this like literally that ultrasonic fingerprint scanner is just like face ID but designed for fingerprint unlocking and so it, it creates a 3d map of your face and so you need a dot projector to be able to create the 3d map and so the dot projector is what notices that it's a person and not a photo mm, and so that dot okay. And so for you, it's the dot projector, plus you need an IR camera to be able to have Face ID work during the night. And so this is the reason why. So it's not that you need all that technology for it to work. It's just for it to be secure and that complete and for it to work every single time in the darkest conditions. Like, have you noticed that? Like, it could be pitch dark and you can take out your iPhone and, and it'll unlock. Where it's not the same case with Face to unlock on any other phone. The only okay. other phone, the only other phone that has that is the Galaxy Note 10 or Galaxy S9 Plus with its infrared camera. But again, it's an infrared camera using the iris scanner. Mm, so it's okay. two cam. So it's two cameras. It's one that creates the infrared camera is the one that creates like the you know that aspect of black and white and that makes it work at night and whatever. And then the other one is picking up your iris. And so mm. you either need an iris scanner or you need that whole ensemble that apple came up with the notch mm, okay i guess i'm just thinking yeah. of the end user result like is all of that tech needed to create that 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 effect of the notifications expanding oh you know? well and, and here's the thing about android in the case of huawei it's only if you activate the facial recognition that that works like, it's only if you, because in the other case, if you use the fingerprint scanner on the display, it'll immediately just unlock the phone and that's it. But mm. it's only, I've so wait a second, there's another OEM. I think it's LG, LG with the G8. Because they've got that Z camera, oh, yeah. The, the G8, yeah, the G8 is another phone because it has, it's like if Android is limited to only if you give me like a really secure way to unlock through facial recognition, will I allow you to show notifications after your face is seen. And so I think those mm. are the only two phones that have that. Okay, fair. Yeah. So there you so go, it's if you're looking for that. Yeah, but then you grab the P30 Pro, which doesn't have the ensemble face ID thingy, and that one works just like the Mate 20 Pro. So that's the reason I was like, yeah, it could or could not be. You, you don't know. So many different bits and pieces for so many different choices when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, speaking of too many choices, uh, as promised, I did say that in our highlight reel from last week, uh, I was going to respond, or we were going to respond or just react to a few top comments from that show. So we're going to go ahead and do that right now um, in this uh, segment leading into our mid-break. So there were a few things that I wanted to, to, to respond to because... One of the main stories that Tiki and I talked about last week was Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp thus uh, going down. And we actually had that problem that happened again yesterday when, was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday uh, at the time of recording this podcast when Twitter went down. <laughs> so the whole uh, joke yesterday Thank was God. Twitter's down. <laughs> the whole joke was Twitter's down, go to Instagram to say it <laughs> because that was what was happening the other way around was Instagram was down. So they went to Twitter to tell people. <laughs> Dude, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you this much. Uh, wait, you have a comment. Sorry, read it. And then I'll tell you something. 
there were a few people. It was basically I'm not going to name off because uh, since I'm since there's a group of people that are all saying the same thing, they're pretty much saying that. Uh, I guess the term I'm going to use is good riddance. Like you know, because social media is such a crazy thing now that some people are saying, "Oh, it went down. It should have stayed down." <laughs> okay, so. that's my comment. Dude, <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> we were in Japan right now, and I guess I had never. I guess I had never come to the realization that I notice everybody, like I had never been in a train so silent as the subways in Japan, oh, as true. the metro system in the in Japan. But the interesting part is every single time that for some reason somebody was close to me and I noticed what people were doing with their phones because 100% of the people were on their phones and the 100% of the people were on Instagram. Oh, I okay. I had not noticed, I had not noticed that Instagram was such a phenomenon, like and so it it kind of worries me. Like it does worry me. It's it's like people are not there, but they're in this like w- what is Instagram? It's like this overglorified beauty, uh, you know, like beautiful photos and people posting their stories. But then these are people, you know, I thought that people were like working or reading email or doing different things or communicating with somebody. No, everybody was on Instagram just doing this, scrolling, scrolling photos, scrolling photos, 100% of the people. And that kind of worries me, dude. That, that's like a very boring society. In a way, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, they use the term info snacking. It's content snacking. If mm-hmm. a photo or a 15-second IG story so easy to go through so so incessantly every single day. I mean, we were – I made the comment last week that one of the toxic things I do is I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is open Instagram half the time. Dude. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Right now I, I open the YouTube studio app all the time. But it's one of the it's one of those things where I've made it a habit to turn off my phone at night now. Yeah. Like so I saw, these- I saw that, and I was like, "No, man!" Like I, I remember. So one of the, I was, I was in Kyoto. I mm-hmm. people, you know, obviously people are there doing their touristy thing, and it was all about taking a photo of myself to post on the gram. And I was like, "Man, that's so boring! Like this place is so much more than just what you share on social media." Oh, hundred percent, a hundred percent. Which is why, whenever we travel, and you saw how I was with it, it's it's all about the food, like. I, the sites are great and all that, but it makes you feel like you need to take a picture of it to send it somewhere. I'd rather experience something that's more for just me and no one yeah. can eat the food that I'm eating. <laughs> Dude, I had – like obviously if you're in Japan, you'll have the best ramen in the world. But I have to take you to a specific place in Kyoto for okay. the best ramen I've ever had. Nice. We will definitely do that. Um, right. Okay. So a couple of comments here. Um Ace Lucero, though this was this was the question that I posed to everybody. Um, what the hell happened to texting? Ace Lucero right here says, "Use SMS. Problem solved." Um, do you text a lot still? Like, do you actually text? Uh, WhatsApp. On WhatsApp, yeah, but I'm talking like the one tied to your phone, like your number, actual SMS messaging. Oh, dude, it's the, the here's the problem. The problem is called U.S. carriers and Honduran carriers and carriers everywhere. One of the biggest problems, I think that people have become um, irritated with SMS because it's full of spam. Oh, yeah. I, like, I literally get a lot of that, too. Yeah, it's true. Dude, so there's this company that reached out to me recently. 
about a new ad system that they have. And they, and they, the guy, dude, the guy even called me on the phone, like the sales guy with this like app, uh, like ad based service where it's using push notifications to send me ad, to send people advertisement. And I was like, I'm sorry, dude, please stop contacting me. I don't want to use your product. I don't want to spam users with the new video that we just posted. And dude, people are, I get overwhelmed. Like, and there is nothing that I've realized that there is nothing more overwhelming for me about notifications than using Android. And you want to know why? Because these are not chronologically ordered. One of the things that I like about using an iPhone, and this is going to sound stupid, and I'm going to get back to SMS in a sec, is that the most recent notification is going to be at the top. And so I literally just look at it. I see what the most recent one and I just decide right there it's important or it's not important. But Android forces you to interact with the product because it makes SMSs always be at the top. And then it's Telegram. And I have looked everywhere for a way to stack my notifications chronologically. I just want to know what the most recent one was. But no, with Android, you immediately, you get this stupid block and then it's all small little icons and it's always going to be SMSs at the top. So I always have spam messages at the top and it just irritates me because SMSs are not more important to me. That's a good point because Google Voice for me is the top most thing. And I notice, and now that Same. I think about it, it always is. Same. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. It's always at the top. And I just, Android, I really want you to cater to me, not to whatever you want. And so it forces me to drop down all the notifications and slide down. And then it's funny because the other day somebody, uh, I think it was in the podcast and the comments was like, you're a notifications hoarder. I'm like, no, I don't react to notifications. I am not a reactive person. I have things to do. And so notific- I decide if I want to. So it's, it's stupid. But in the case of Android, you kind of need a smartwatch if you want things to be chronological. You kind of need to you be using Wear OS if you want things to be stacked in order. Mm, fair. Uh, but back to SMS messages. When's the last time you actually I, I, like actively did use it? No, because I've become soured by it. I've yeah. become soured okay. by it. And also, there's so much more functionality in services like WhatsApp. If I want to tell somebody where I am, I just pin my location and send it. If I want to send a photo, I can send it. If I want to reply, like if it's walkie-talkie and we're in like a trade show and I want to send something quick and I, I'm carrying like a backpack full of gear and I'm or I'm dragging my stuff, I can simply just respond with a voice message and it's immediate. And so SMS is just so obsolete. For me, mm. it's extremely obsolete. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. Um, let me see here. There were a couple of other ones. Um, and you know what? It's funny. Uh, since I mentioned on the podcast last week that we have a few people that we have converted over to Telegram, and we've been using Telegram since then, yeah. there are a few people in the comment sections that agree. Uh, for example, Ibrahim Zidane, Telegram, for all of the reasons that you said, is better. Many functions and privacy on another level. I don't know. I'm not too sure about the privacy part yet, but I yeah. will admit it's not. T- it's not tied to Facebook though, so that's good. <laughs> so the beautiful thing about Telegram that very few people know is you can create secret chats and you can have your messaging expire. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so if there's a specific conversation that you don't want people to use on the record, you know, or something like that, or is something that you just don't want. 
to be repeated, you can literally create a secret chat and you can define how long those messages are going to be in the feed or these can be deleted. And so for mm. me, tele, for me, Telegram is about the functionality of like, I hate WeChat. I hate WeChat because it's locked to just one phone. I hate WhatsApp because it's locked to just one phone. And I know that every, yeah. the average human doesn't have my problem. They don't have to be swapping phones every week. That's fine. But in my reality, I need a messaging service that works everywhere. But it's also secure. And so what I like is that if I start a secret conversation, like I, what's uh, Telegram is app agnostic. It works everywhere. It works on your iPad. It works on your computer. And like notifications are like really good. My problem with WhatsApp is like sometimes I get notifications on WhatsApp immediately if I'm using an iPhone. But if I'm using an Android phone, sometimes these arrive five minutes later. Like their, oh. their notification server is terrible. Whereas on Telegram, it's like immediate. It's really good. Like I will notice both like vibrate at the same time or stuff like that. That's good. But then the other thing about Telegram is if I start a secret conversation on phone one and I have my computer and my this and my that active, even with Telegram, those products will not be in the conversation. It will only be in the device that I started the secret conversation with. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And that's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, you mentioned WeChat, actually. There's one other person here, Will, Will, uh, Will Newcomb. WeChat, here in China, it's all things to all people, but in a good way. Um, not just payments and shops, transfers to friends, but also paying your small cash to street vendors. Um, yeah. Yes, it's Chinese and there are risks, but you don't get Facebook, Amazon, and Google, which have risks. Uh, and like we've seen, they've gone down. Um, so there are, there are those arguments in both situations, but this is, I, what I find interesting about this comment is it's the opposite direction where we use so many different, uh, messaging apps for so many different reasons. Meanwhile, in China, there's one, it's thing only one for all things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's one app that really replaces Facebook. It replaces Instagram. It replaces everything. It's fascinating for me. The WeChat effect is fascinating because I don't even find the app to be optimized for other things. Yeah, it just happens to be the only place where you can do those things. Yeah, yeah, I I, no, I think the ten cent like really killed it with that service, uh, and it's it's fascinating. WeChat is it's just for me the problem with WeChat, dude. Like, dude, I, I wrote you the other day. I'm like, I'm sorry, I was about to curse. I was like, <laughs> my god, I f I was finally able to unlock my WeChat after like two years because the last time that I used it was in my Nexus 6P. And so that thing wanted to force Dang. me to activate the Nexus 6P to be able to use and and the phone doesn't turn on anymore. Mm -hmm. It doesn't wait, it doesn't turn on anymore? That's no, that's weird. Like, I don't know what happened to it. It oh, probably didn't like true. being stuck in a drawer and it got pissed at me or something like that. <laughs> I got one more comment and I just wanted to add one last layer to this whole discussion. Mike Meh. I hope I don't know if that's actually your last name, but that's kind of funny. Mike Meh, M-E-H. Um, now I'm using Line and Viber. The reason why I wanted to bring this one up is because one interesting phenomenon I noticed about messaging applications and we just brought up WeChat is that often they're geographical. So yeah. Line and Viber... Like that's it's, China, it's Japan. It's Japan. Yeah. 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 Exactly. What's one in your neck of the woods? That's really, oh, WhatsApp. WhatsApp? Here, okay. here, WhatsApp is everything, dude. Like here, WhatsApp. It's funny, but companies. It's like WeChat to a certain degree, but but there's no payment, and that's literally all that WhatsApp is missing. Like literally, I wake up in the morning, and the first thing that I do is I text my coffee shop, and I make my order from the text message. Oh, that's such a great idea. <laughs> and so and so and so usually 
Usually, uh, there are services like the airline. Uh, like, there's an airline that I that I use a lot here, and so I will. I can text them that I want a plane ticket from point A to point B, and they will respond to me with their bank account number. And then from my phone, I just make a bank transfer to their account and pay for my plane ticket that way. And then they send me a receipt that I just paid for my plane ticket. Mm, okay, makes sense. And to so me. we That's WeChat really is. Yeah, WeChat is more practical, but literally, Hondurans use WhatsApp like Chinese people use WeChat. <laughs> That's awesome. It, it just needs the payment functionality. That's all it's missing. And you know what? Like Facebook is trying to do that. I mean, they're even trying to put out their cryptocurrency, um, and it's all going to hopefully be in one place. But then again, that goes back to the same issue that TK and I were talking about last week. Like, if Facebook creates a messenger or their messenger or a service that has all of these functions, and then it goes down. What are you going to do, right? So well, we we can actually problem. be regular humans and use cash and like, dude, like right now my whole con- so here's the thing: I didn't remember the last time I had ever been to an ATM until right now that we were in Japan, because like here in Honduras, I can literally pay for anything with a debit card or mm-hmm. a credit card, whereas in Japan it's like the other way around. It's a cash country. I was yeah. shocked. It's a little refreshing too, wouldn't you say? <laughs> uh, well, but my biggest problem is like if, if the problem is the currency. If the currency, like it, it, there are a lot of coins, and for me, it's annoying to carry coins. That is true. That was an annoyance for sure. That um, was a horrible annoyance. Like I've got a ton of Japanese coins that I couldn't get rid of. Oh yeah, because you can't exchange metal. Like you can't no, exchange coin. Yeah. Exactly. And so and so I, I found myself sometimes buying like ice cream or stuff like that just to get rid of coins. Oh my goodness, I just remembered too. I still have did you still keep your um what was it, the Pasmo card? I do, but I I yeah. do, but I, I well you what, you return it? You can, um, but if you plan on coming back, you know, you might as well just keep it. But oh, I'm for, totally for, coming back. Yeah, so for one-time uh, tourists, let's call them, uh, they go, they buy the the Suica or the Pasmo card, put money on it, and then if you really feel like you're not going to use it ever again, you can return it and get the money that's in it back. Interesting. Yeah, so it's an interesting little tidbit for I, I left like 300 yen. It wasn't really much. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. All right, cool. So with all of that said, thank you so much for commenting. And I do have one question I want to put out to everybody on this uh, episode of the podcast. Make sure you get into the comment sections and let us know. And next week, we will respond to some reactions to what uh, I want to ask everybody. What do you want to see out of the Galaxy Note 10? So go ahead and throw that into the comments down below. Once we get back to the break, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. Support for the Baganal Weekly comes from Oregon State University. Earn your Oregon State MBA 100% online from wherever you are. Choose from specialized tracks in organizational leadership, business analytics, marketing, and supply chain and logistics management. Each track was designed with feedback from industry partners as a direct response to market needs. Courses are also taught by faculty who have extensive real-world business experience. Now, Oregon State is a nationally ranked leader in online education, and its College of Business is AACSB accredited. That's a distinction that only 5% of the world's business schools can claim. As an online student, you earn the same accredited MBA as an on-campus student. You'll learn alongside accomplished leaders from around the world, and your global network of peers will be in your corner committed to your success. Get where you're going faster with the Oregon State MBA. Learn more at mba.oregonstate.edu slash pocketnow. 
Coming back from the break, we do have a great event coming up. There are a couple of things coming up, uh, but obviously everyone's going to be talking about Samsung Unpacked. Uh, it's happening in New York, August 7th. We're all going to be there. It's going to be really fun. Um, and we're, we're all really looking forward to what the next note is. I think that's kind of a given every single year. However, uh, <laughs> because Unpacked was announced, leaks are just everywhere right now. And it feels like I, I always have the same issue. Like, you know, do, do I look at it and not be pleasantly surprised when I'm at the show? Or do I just know everything about it leading up to the actual, like, official event? I'm still on the fence about that. But we are a new show in a way. So we are looking at a couple of the leaks. Um, first quick question, though. I think it's an easy question. Are you excited about the Note 10? Dude, I am. Like, I totally am. Like, that thing looks sleek. It looks nice. It looks like a P30 Pro, which is what I like the most. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few aspects we're going to get into about that, yeah. But, like, every year we're excited for the Note, and it is it's it is a cool thing. Uh, the S10 made a bit of a splash in a few different ways, and uh, we're excited to see what the Note 10 brings. I mean, Samsung still has that, that, that public hype they saw that hype it's it's nice every single year like i'm currently by the way i'm currently working on the after the buzz for the note 9 um I, i'm actually working on two after the buzzes right now note 9 and pixel 3 um i, I just don't know which one's going to air first because the process of after the buzz is a little different to the way we review products where um you know, I, I'm actually more exhaustive about what I do with a product during and after the buzz because it's all about aging. It's all about how it performs mm -hmm. after. Um, <clears throat> and so the more I use the Note 9, the more I miss my S10 Plus. Oh, why? And this is the first time this has ever happened. Usually, uh, like for example, the between the Note 8 and the S9 Plus, or was it Note 8 and S8? Yeah, it was Note 8 and S8. Yeah. I preferred the Note 8. Be between the Note 9 and the S9, I preferred the Note 9. But then when the S10 came out, dude, it's just that jump that they did to triple cameras. That jump that they did to... Dude, have you noticed just how... Just go grab an S10 Plus and compare it to a Note 9 size-wise and heft-wise. Like, I don't know what Samsung did on the internal chassis of the S10 Plus, but it's lighter than a ton of phones. Mm. And so, like, the other day, for example, I grabbed out of the blue the Pixel 2 XL. Do yourself a favor. Go grab a Pixel 2 XL and compare it to any other phone. It was so light. And so it was a big phone, but it was light. And so that's how I feel about the S10 Plus. It feels almost surreally large. And so, wow, shifting back to the S to the Note 9, man, this thing is heavy. <laughs> and so, you know, I can't wait for Samsung to apply all that engineering into the Note 10 and to actually have an S10 with extra functionality. So we have we have a render of the Note 10 that came out. Uh, allegedly, well, people are saying it's the official render. So we are actually getting a real look at this phone. Um, obviously, S Pen. Uh, the Infinity O display has it in the center now. Quick hot take on that. Um, yeah. I uh, I noticed, though, that the Note 10 only has that one camera, though, while the S10 Plus yeah. had two cameras. So what are your yeah. takes on that? Like, is that going to be... Did you ever use the secondary camera? I mean, like, like here's the thing. Are the, are the selfie portraits on the S10 Plus great? They're not bad. They were, They're they not were... great. Well, they're, yeah. they're no pixel shots. These are yeah. not pixel shots. 
And so if you can't give me that, then I'd rather you just give me one camera. Mm-hmm. How about its location? Like it's because it's straight up in the middle, like right there. I, I, I per- you know what I find so funny about it, though? It's so close to the top edge of the phone that I'm like, why not just you could have just made a teardrop at that point. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I get it. It's just I think it looks cool. I you know, and I I wasn't bothered by by the by the notch. I but sorry by the Infinity O. Like mm-hmm. I really like the wallpapers, anyways. I like it yeah, in the center. Fine. It's a way to differentiate the phone. Here's the thing, though. Go into Enabong's uh, Instagram right now, and notice the photo that he just posted, where he's comparing the footprint of the Note 10 compared to the Note 9 and the Note 8. And hopefully you can post that as an overlay to the video. Yeah. Uh, but dude, like that Note 10 looks small, and I like it. What do you mean by small, though? Because in the renders, I keep thinking this is going to be Look like... Look at it. Look at it. All right. I do so have the be, render. So, so what Samsung is doing, yeah, but don't the thing about it is forget about the render and look at the comparison between the Note 9 and that then that Note 10. Okay. Like that phone is going to be significantly smaller. Like it's literally at least half an inch smaller from the top than the Note 9 once you kill the bezel. So what they've done oh. is in what they've done is instead of uh, think about it, and I like that idea. Usually, the biggest problem with Samsung is that whole idea of we need bigger screen, bigger screen, six point nine, seven inch. We need something crazy. And for the Note Ten, what they're doing is like, you know what? We're going to kill the bezels, but we're not going to take advantage of that extra space and give you more screen. You know what? No, let's just make a smaller Note. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's less about having a bigger screen and just the fact that it's all screen. I feel like yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, so I don't need a bigger note. I don't need more screen. I just I need a product that doesn't feel like a tank in my pocket and also gives me that functionality. Yeah. I do see now, the bear in mind, that is pretty nice. Bear in mind, I think that this is the Note 10 Pro. Sorry. I think that this is the standard Note 10, which is only gonna have three cameras. And then the Note 10 Pro is most likely gonna have the same footprint of the Note 9 and offer a larger display with the four cameras. Mm. Wait, four cameras. Where one of them is time of flight. Oh, gotcha. One but only still single on the front, though. We're not going to see like only a... still single on the front. Apparently, All right. we're not going to. So apparently, like from a... from apparently from the front, they'll both look the same, and it's just from the back that we're mm-hmm. getting an extra camera at the back. And dude, I don't mind. Like seriously, I would love like if they were like, here's your wide angle selfie camera, like the Pixel. Oh man, yes. Like give me the give me a notch the size of Texas. I don't care. It's literally, literally the only way that I love the Pixel 3. Like, I hate selfies unless I'm using a Pixel 3. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's I just do... my, my cheeks don't look all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> because you can use the wide-angle selfie camera and you actually look like a human that's not 30 pounds heavier. <laughs> That's my biggest problem with selfies. Like, people even have angles for selfies. You, you've ever tried to take mm-hmm. a, a selfie with Fisher? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Have, it, have, have, have you noticed that, like, he will only take selfies from a specific angle? It's always, like, it's, it's got to be like that. It's got to be up here. Yeah. Pretty much. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you ever, if, if any of you fans out there ever get the pleasure of actually hanging out with Fisher and you get to take a picture of him for something, he will tell you higher, 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 yeah. higher. It's so annoying. Um, 
But yeah, that's the um... which which see that's that's the benefit of being a short guy that I don't have to be telling people higher. It's going to be higher by default. <laughs> I guess that that's true for me as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think that there might be different versions of the phone, and it might have some 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 features that are in and out of a particular. I, I don't know what a Note 10 E might be if they're even going to try to do that. But here's my question: um, another report I had, dude, out that'd be that, so cool. That's true, right? Something a little bit. So I, I would handle. launch. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna, sorry for the interruption. No, I would fine. love a Note 10e where there's no S Pen stuck to the phone, like it's literally just a smaller device with a Wacom digitizer, and then I would, would probably have, have a pen. Mm-hmm. You would have to like carry the pen in your pocket or whatever. I would be totally down for that. That is a great idea. I didn't think about that. Yeah, like I don't, I don't need a bigger phone. Like, dude, I've been using the Pixel Three. Uh, so I, I did the Japan trip, and the whole idea was I asked for Google to send me a Pixel 3 for the After the Buzz because I didn't like the 3XL, and then I loaded Android Q on it. And so the idea was to bring the, the 3 to Japan, but it didn't arrive on time. But I've been using the 3 ever since. Dude, this is such a delicious form factor. It is so good. I just I wish that the display were larger, like take up the whole screen and 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 have that two selfie camera functionality man i'd be down like that's all i want <laughs> yeah for sure um that's why the pixel 3a has been such a refreshing breath of a breath of fresh air because yes, of the but handling it experience have, it, but it doesn't have the dual selfies dude that's the thing yeah that's true but still just a little bit wide enough but before we get too far into that tangent uh speaking of the uh speaking of the features that might be on different versions of the note 10 there's one feature that people are alluding to that might not be there anymore and that makes me question whether this is going to be the all for everyone phone anymore the power user phone if there's no headphone jack so Uh. (laughs) like Okay. okay tell you what if samsung bundles the galaxy buds in the box i'll forgive them I don't know about that though, because as as good as the Galaxy Buds might actually be, the fact that they the are mom- they are good. The moment they run out of battery, though, you're gonna think to yourself, "Ah, oh, frick! I wish I had that headphone jack still." Which is which is one thing that I have to hand to Apple with AirPods. Like the battery life on AirPods, the the AirPods too, dude. Mm-hmm. It's like epic, like really epic, and then it charges them so quickly. Which I, the Galaxy Buds don't really charge that quick. Yeah. Uh. And, and then they're like, yeah, but you can reverse charge it and put it on the back of your phone. I'm like, I'm not going to leave my phone with the screen on the table. And it, just, it doesn't work. Like, life doesn't work that way. It's a cool thing to do. But then the screen scratches. And so what the WTF? Like, you know, no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I That's how I feel about it. Because the one feature that truly wireless earbuds need right now is 10-minute charging gets you at least an hour. That's got to be yeah. the bare minimum. And the Galaxy That's Buds don't be the do bare that. minimum. Yeah, no, so they don't. The thing is, maybe there's going to be a new Galaxy Buds. There's actually a, a, some thought that there might be a Watch Active Two I'd unpack. You know, there are things that we're expecting to to happen alongside the phone. So yeah, you know, we'll see what happens there. But if there's no headphone jack, man, I just don't know. Like the Note has always been the easiest phone to recommend to someone who wants everything. Now something's yeah. missing. So. Yeah, I, I you know I hate I hate that whole like I tweeted yesterday <laughs> I got a lot of retweets for that because I'm like I love how companies lately have been like yeah we're giving you a better phone but we're taking features away mm-hmm. you know I, I I don't get that mentality like and I don't get how much Samsung has made fun of every single company that kills the headphone jack and now they're doing it over what excuse like I get it if the standard Note 10 
ditches the headphone jack. Fine. If, if you're giving me a more compact Note 10 and we're getting a larger battery and this and that, then that makes all the sense in the world. Fine, fine. But then give me the Pro with everything. Just give me one where I have the choice and then you'll see which phone sells more. Yeah, indeed. Um, you see my my, my no, light you're is making going me nuts right now. <laughs> you're making me feel better about my my power issues man <laughs> well let me go turn it off real quick it's just man this note 9 feels big now like big <laughs> okay uh final like, thought like, like i look at the i look at the top of the phone and i'm like man you're so unreachable right now <laughs> um actually i had a okay no that's that's beside the point i had a thought but i'll i'll share it in another episode Final thought on design, though. Um, I'm looking at the renders, and I keep forgetting that there are other renders of this phone. I'm just looking at the black one right now. But the picture that I kept using when I was putting together the, uh, the my thoughts for this show was on this gradient. Like, Samsung is actually throwing it in. Like you said, it looks a little bit like a P30 Pro, so I guess I... A little bit. <laughs> like, I can't wait for that comparison. P30 Pro versus Note 10. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? I kind of like this, though. Like, if this is really it, I hope it looks like this in real life because sometimes it doesn't same, happen that way. Same, same. I, yeah. I love the fact that they gave us that white variant of the S10 mm-hmm. uh, for review. I, Dude, I love the S10. Don't get me wrong, man. I, I, I need to go back to the S10e. It's just the problem is they gave me a locked phone, and so I'm, I'm not always using T-Mobile. But it's just, like, for me, the S10 was, like, Samsung maturing into so many things and coming up with a more refined device that looks like the previous one but is not. And yeah. so that's the, so, so that's why I'm so looking forward to this Note 10. I just, for me, the only problem with, with the Note line is it launches at a point where you're so close to other devices, like the Pixel 4 and the next iPhone, and then... And then the S11 will launch so early in the following year. So the time that I end up using the Note is too little. That's true. Unless you make the effort to be like Mr. Two Phones. Another Fisher reference. Well, no, no, but but that's me. So here's the thing. The I think that the only way, and this is something that Qualcomm hasn't done in a while. It would be nice if it would happen where, like, do you remember when the... When the Pixel launched, it was the time of the 820, Snapdragon 820, and then they launched the Pixel with the Snapdragon 821. They launched a new process, like a new processor that was better for the Pixel, for the Pixel, for the original Pixel. And so, but ever since then, like we've had the 840, like the 835, the 845. Now we've got the 855. It really, I think that it would make, it would improve the longevity of products launched in the fall if. Qualcomm would come up with a newer chip for this, you know, for the next Pixel and for the next, because it's it's right now I'm using an 845 on this Pixel three, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And now we're at where we're at. we are where we are. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the uh, I, I I do think that um, I, I going back to the whole design aspect, I. I hope that there are more gradients. It's not just the one, personally. Oh yeah, I think that would be yeah, really I ho- fun. <laughs> I, I just I don't understand why companies don't just like I get it that there are boring people that want to stick to their black phones. I used to be one man. I spent two years. It, you know, it was the first phone that changed my mind about that was the One Plus Six in red. I was like, whoa, that phone looks really cool. Mm. And so I feel that you know, phones don't necessarily have to be black. I mean, why not come up with like if you notice the One Plus Seven, 
it come there's no black anymore it's like that gray variant for people that are dull but that gray actually looks really cool that mirror gray uh you've got that that uh almond which i love it's my favorite and then you've got that blue which i actually didn't like that blue that much this year it felt really it felt really simple but at the same time just a tiny bit boring yeah like it's it's a good blue but it just didn't make the phone pop and then the almond arrived and i was just like okay cool we're we were where we should be now <laughs> yeah but I, I can't wait for a red one plus seven pro man that would be pretty nice um, yeah. All right. So, final thought on the Note Ten. Most thing, the thing you're mo- you're excited the most uh, for this phone. I just I can't. I for me the Note is is that phone that's everything. It's literally it, like the Note Eight was a disappointment, and then comes the Note Nine where it's like, all right, fine. You guys were complaining about battery life and the placement of the fingerprint scanner, and uh, like here we go. Here you go. Here's the Note with everything you really wanted, and so they launched it. And so I love using the Note. I actually do use the S Pen. Um, I do love the extra screen real estate. I do love the aspect of having a phone with all day battery life that also has, you know, there are certain things like the edge menus on Samsung. I actually do use these things and app pairs. Like I do depend on them. It's, it's funny. Like the other day, somebody was making this comment over split screen. How, how often Josh, do you do split window on your, on any other Android phone? Not much. You I never do. do. Nobody I will, does. I will, I will tell you, though, there is one thing I use all the time, and that's picture-in-picture picture YouTube, which is kind oh, of in same. the same vein. But same, yeah. same, mm-hmm. same. But I do I do picture-in-picture picture YouTube. But then if it wasn't for the, the app pairs on the side menus for Galaxy phones, I would never use split screen. And so mm-hmm. I think that that was genius. And so those are the little things that make me miss using a Samsung phone. Yeah, and so for me, like the S line is always great, but the Note line always has like the extra charm. Like I would even wish that Samsung would launch the Note at the same time as the S and be like, like the S10 Plus would be the Note variant, and just have all of them and just pick the one you want and use it for a whole year, not use it for so little. Uh, yeah. that, that would be me. That would be me. Obviously, our our experience is very specific, though. Like, you know, there are people who could get this phone coming up and then use it for a whole year. After. Yeah, but, but but here's the thing. Like, like Qualcomm has been pushing ever since the 845. Like, for the last two years, they've been, like, really pushing their processors. And they've been pushing them in ways where, like, in the past, I didn't feel much of a change between the 835 and the 820 or the 810. But then comes the 845, and it was, like, great battery life, great this, great that. And then comes the 855 with HEVC and so many other things. And so it's, like, really hard for me to not want the latest processor. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. I think so it's, my- it's really – go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna. I was actually going uh, to to start signing off on here. Um, I was gonna say the the one. I'm just looking for, as always, with these phones. I'm looking forward to uh, the cameras. Obviously, there's going to be that wide angle, uh, even a TOF. As I'm looking at this, uh, the back of this particular phone. Um, there's there's a lot to be excited for. I will miss a front, uh, like a like a wide front facing camera. Hopefully, it's still wide enough. They tend to be, so I think we're, we'll be okay. Yeah. And 4K front facing camera recording. Um, Ooh, yes. Mm-hmm. Four or it's two quad HD, but yeah, maybe 4K front. Um, here's the thing though. Whereas with the S10, they announced that Adobe Premiere Rush was going to be a thing eventually, it is now. So that means that the Note 10 will be able to start being a video like monster out of the box. 
So that's why I'm excited yeah. for that. So the cameras need to be well. They they are going to be good, but if there's something even better this time around, can't wait to put that into like some 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 editing, some vlogging on the go with the uh, rush. I, I would I would never edit a video on a phone. That's the thing. I still want to try, and this is where I'm going to try it because I haven't really used it a whole lot. I want to, but I feel like I should keep it for this phone, like get ready for it. I'm like I, I, I did, I did iMovie on the iPhone a couple of times. I even did iMovie on the iPad, and I even have LumaFusion on the iPad, and I still find the whole. I like. I wish that Apple or these companies would embrace like the whole concept. Like I would probably use it in a case like Dex. Mm-hmm. Uh with that fine i could probably like i feel that video editing like it's very hard like the context menus with finger with finger gestures and everything it's just kind of cumbersome i just yeah uh, but whatever let me, but let me subvert that s pen bro s pen Ooh. okay fine i'm a believer now all right uh precision editing on an s pen um, yes, but the, but then Samsung would have to be smart enough and partner with Adobe and come up with things that only the S Pen would do. Not that the S Pen is a replacement for your finger. True. There should be more to it than that, but the S Pen will just make it more comfortable is my point. Um, mm. All right. No, so. because if it's optimized for finger travel, it's never good. Like, that's the problem. <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've edited with a, with a Wacom tablet before, and I do like that, like, precision, like, like the precision uh, I, I do like it, so hopefully that'll that'll translate here. But you're right; there should be some extra features as pen on Rush. Um, yeah. All right, cool. So that's our thought on the Note 10. Um, and yeah, there are. If you look at the renders, and I'll have it linked in the description. Um, yeah, these are Note 10 Plus, Note 10 renders. So there are different versions of the phone. So make sure you take a look at it on there. Uh, and yeah, let us know what you want out of the Note 10, the Note 10 Plus. Man, a Note 10e, like we said, would be pretty awesome. Um, But yeah, let us know in the comments, and next week we will respond to some of those and react to some of those comments on the show. Um, All right, that should do it. Let's go ahead and get to the outro. And on that note, we're going to go ahead and call it on this one. Thank you so much for watching or listening to the Pocket Now Weekly podcast, now returning in its full format here on the YouTube platform. Uh, after that, you can share the show to whoever you think might be uh, really into just hearing these discussions every single week. And also, like I said at the beginning of the show, don't forget to give us your feedback. Let us know what you want to see out of the podcast moving forward. And then uh, don't forget to answer the question of the week. What do you want to see out of the Galaxy Note 10? You can make your voices heard by heading into the comment sections down below, but we would also love your feedback uh, through reviews and ratings on any of the podcasting apps that you are using. And with that, we're going to go ahead and call it on this one. Thank you so much for watching or listening, and we will see you in our next episode.